Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You know, play-by-play guys have to be so careful in their exuberant enthusiasm. Just like when Dave Johnson yells, it's there when D.C. United scores or when the Wizards make a shot. In a big moment, you know, when you're like a fan and, and somehow you don't just yell, it's effing there, you know? I mean, there's the, the moments of exuberance. When you're trying to, you know, display to the home team and, and you're like one of your fans at that point, you know, it's just great. Want to listen to Dave go, it's there. It's, we need a few more of those right now, though, with the Wizards. A few more. It's theirs. And a Dave lot less. Ju- instead of. And a lot less, it's theirs from the other team. Denver put up 141 points the other night. Yeah, Can't win like in the league that way. 98 in the paint without Porzingis, without Beal, without yeah, Rui. Tough. I mean, uh, but I don't think Dave would probably be served well by saying it's yeah i'm aware of that that's maybe he could say i'm surprised more guys don't yeah, do it right. though that's but the, maybe that's he could point. say uh, no 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 I, I i'm just saying maybe he could say it's bleeping there yeah <laughs> exactly right he could have he could have tim parker on standby to hit the <laughs> beep, you know like next time alexander ovechkin scores a great goal john wall can go it's a great effing <laughs> goal by Alexander Ovechkin. You know? I mean, it's it's effing 801. You know? No 801 for Ovi last night. But, uh, look, I mean, that was a – I mean, 2-1 doesn't seem like a a, a thrilling hockey game. Oh. It was a great hockey game. I mean, they had like 45 shots on net. It was a great hockey game. I mean, Both teams had a lot of shots. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, good right. up and down, good pace to the action all night last night. It just their netminder made a few more saves. I mean, that was really he was good. really good. I mean, he made a couple of dazzling. I mean, Caps had like a four or five minute pressure situation yeah. in the third period, and he just makes save after save after save between like the ten minute mark and the six, uh, four minute mark yeah. uh, last night. Washington and the Giants. Mike Mayock joins us bottom of the hour. So get your calls in now. We'll break it down with Mike. He's doing the color on the Westwood One broadcast here Sunday night. So he's been studying up on both teams. We'll get his thoughts on the contest coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We go to Chevy Chase. That's where Mark is standing by. What's up, Mark? Hey, how are you guys? Hey, Mark. How are you? Hello. Yep, hey, we got you. Uh, well, I got some, I got some good news. Uh, I got accepted to be a JV baseball coach nice. uh, this spring. So that's, boy. Yeah, that's really Congratulations. Exciting. Where at? Uh, uh, I'm not just Montgomery County Public okay. Schools. I'm not sure if I should. Okay, that's yes, fine. But, that's fine. Um, yeah, just have my fingers crossed. All right, good but for you. Congratulations. Points. Yeah, three quick points. Um, one, I hope we have the it factor. The it factor. Uh, if we have that, we might we might uh, just win and do really well. Uh, two, I remember the Landon Collins game. Excuse me. They're not the after Landon you, are they? Game. <laughs> no, it looks like a present. Uh, motorcade. Oh. No, it was just, no, it was, uh, you know, DC, Chevy Chase area. But um, it looks like the Kirk Cousins uh, game 
against the Giants where if we won and we would go to the playoffs, hopefully it is in a similar game to that where we lost to the Giants. The Giants had nothing to play for. They were already in the playoffs. I think it was 2016, if you remember that game. I'm praying it is in a similar game to that, where if you remember that game, we came oh, out yeah. there and we had nothing. Yep. What was this? Yeah, they yep. were they were flat. So the Giants had nothing to play for. The Washington was flat until the fourth quarter. They came alive, but it wasn't good enough. Right, right. And then the third point I was making was, um, in terms of reading um, about the game, the Giants are putting out a lot of press how they want to have a similar blueprint to what Washington has been doing. They want to hold the ball for almost 40 minutes. So if you can comment on that about how uh, teams seem to be picking up on the similar blueprint and how we should watch the game to see, you know, if we're, if we're gaining four or five yards of carry, do we stick with the run? But what if we get there and Landon Collins is playing that linebacker position and we're only getting two or three yards per game and they're running the ball? Uh, how do do uh, is our team have the ability to make an adjustment? Um, do you think the Giants could possibly be trying to you know play like the the Bill Parcells uh, smash mouth football three four yards a game against us and? I just want you to comment on oh, um, yeah. on that because that's one of my fears. All right, Mark. Uh, appreciate into yeah, appreciate I think the call. We're going to win. Pre- good. Uh-huh. I'm glad. I I think. Look, I mean, Washington's certainly favored at minus four and a half. Here's the thing: if if you have, first of all, Bill Parcells had a great offensive line. He had Mark Bavaro. He had Phil Sims. He had Joe Morris. He had Lawrence Taylor. He had Harry Carson. He had. Great defensive lineman as well. This Giants team doesn't have the same thing. And and again, I'm sure, I'm sure maybe at some point Landon Collins makes a tackle. But Landon Collins is not going to be Harry Carson or Lawrence Taylor in this football game uh, for New York. So, yes, it's, it's great, and I'm glad to see Landon is back and, and getting a paycheck. But... Let's let's not make Landon out to be Harry Carson or yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I, I have. I would isolate Antonio Gibson in space yes, on a wheel yes, route Chris, against Landon yes. Collins if I, if I get the opportunity. Now you're to. thinking. Now you're using your head. Wheel route, baby. You're using your head for more than just a rooster hat rack. I like it. Ellis in Uptown. What's up, Ellis? Uh, hang on. One He's second. on two. Chris. What's up, Pete? What's up, Russell? Hey, Ellis. How are you? What? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Um, I got three keys to victory. Uh, one, one of your one of your callers said, feed Terry McLaurin. I would not feed Terry McLaurin because as bad as Fabian Moreau is, their other corners are worse. And if you watch the Eagles, they didn't force the ball to A.J. Brown. They fed Devontae uh, Smith, and they, they picked on those other corners who are awful. Um, the other thing, the other key is, of course, our, our D-line. And, and you um, commented a little bit of, of – you like the 49ers D-line a little bit better than ours? I don't know if I'd go there because, you know, you think about it, the most dominating defensive player in the league the past couple of years has not been Bosa, has not been Garrett, it's been Aaron Donald. So pass rush up the middle is more valuable than pass rush up the, over the edges. Um, the, the last key to victory I have 
is our, our uh, defensive backs. We need Curl and we need Forrest to have a, a hell of a game. Um, Saquon Barkley's a little banged up. I think we're going to be able to stop the run with like seven guys. So the Giants are going to try to pass. They're going to try to beat us over the top, which they tried last game. We need like two or three interceptions from our safeties. And I sit back and listen. Ellis, I think it's a perceptive point. I mean, they, they try to be – and look, here's the thing. If you let the Giants stay close, then yes, they can stay reasonably conservative. Short pass to Bellinger in the flat, the tight mm-hmm. end. Hodgkins or Hodgkins worked out great against Washington last time. And you can utilize Barkley either as a pass receiver and runner right. when you keep the game close. But you got to jump out on them and you got to stay out on them. You got to make it to where they have to utilize the vertical passing game. And quite frankly, that's not their strength. So the key to that is Washington getting a lead, getting out in front, and staying out in front. They had that chance last time, but they let the Giants back in the game. Well, it was one, and it was one huge play that turned it around. Mm-hmm. And the play shouldn't have counted. Slayton yeah. on the 55 yarder, he pushed off. Correct. But looks like St. Just will be back. Looks mm-hmm. like. Don't know exactly what form, well, whatever. Um, but that should help. But still. I mean, the Giants, like, even though everybody's going to look and say, oh, they don't have anybody that can hurt hurt you, well, guess what, guys? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, again, they did make some huge plays. They, it doesn't take a lot of – see, here's the problem, in a nutshell, real quickly. When you struggle to score 20 points, it does not take – it does not take – Five good drives to beat you in a game. Really good drive. It it, it takes three or four explosive or game-changing type plays. Now, you might say, well, that's really hard to expect. True, but it happens. It happens with pedestrian teams all the time. You get a coverage breakdown. You get somebody who slips. You get a missed tackle. You get a super heroic effort that you weren't expecting. You get a Bellinger, somebody like that. You get... Saquon Barkley ripping off a 60-yard run when it should have been an 8-yard run. Whatever the case might be, Slayton with a 55-yard push-off and catch. Whatever Hodgins running an incredible route. You get that. It doesn't take a lot. That's why, you know, like you can never go into a game, at least the way I feel, say, oh, uh, our defense will be able to completely blank. They don't have anybody. Doesn't take a whole lot. Doesn't take a whole lot. Let's go to Robert in Annapolis on line three. What's up, Robert? Hey, good morning. Hearing that siren, I flash back to when Chris Russell was pulled over by the police when he was doing a radio interview a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, heard, I heard that audio yesterday because um, I, I'll, I'll give you a little inside radio because... No, Lance, no, let me get through this. You got to well, get Okay, well, you just, right, brought, we it, you just brought it up. Don't, don't you worry about You just brought it up. Don't, don't worry about this game. The Giants are dropping faster than Enron Stock did many years ago. They stink. You know, you always have a couple teams uh, start off the season really good, uh, Seattle, New York Giants. But in the end, they, they are what they are. Uh, my only uh, suggestion is when you have uh, Mike Mayock on, you, you may not want to reference the Raiders draft picks the three years he was there. I don't think anyone's done a worse job than he did on that. So you may want to steer clear of that. So good luck in your game. I think you guys will be fine on that uh, on that contest. Okay? Thanks, right. Robert. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Robert. Mr. Positivity is always. Yeah, and also remember Mike was dealing with John Gruden. Yeah. 
uh, just like these, like Martin Mayhew's dealing with Ron here. Um, Mike was dealing with John. So, I mean, that's is what it is. Let's go to line four, Roberto980. What's up, Roberto? Boys, boys, boys. Listen. The key to beat the G-Man is time of possession on our side. One, our defense is due for a couple of pick sixes, sir. We came close a couple of times. We're due for a couple scoop fumble. And for 99 plays, I predict a bad ball up in the air, St. Jude's grabbing it, take it to the house, give us a seven-point lead right quick. And then we can play our game all the way through. 28-14 Commandos. The Commandos. With the defense is scoring two. The defense is scoring 14 points. The defense scoring 14 well, points. Listen, that's the only way. Roberto, 980. That's the only way they're going to score 28 points. Uh, 28 points ain't coming but, from but, this hey, offense. I don't care how you get there. I know. Just get me there. I know. <laughs> I know. But, I, I mean, that's. I mean, there is zero chance they score 28 points on offense. Zero. But we have a chance to have a defense to score. So let's do it that way. No problem. I'll drink By a, any means necessary. I'll drink a big <laughs> red can on Monday if they score 28 points purely on offense. Mm. Purely. Oh, no, 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 they're not, they're not going to do it on offense. Not without the help. Yeah, uh-uh. Exactly. I know that. Hell, I'll eat the can. Bye. Wow. All right, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you, Roberto. Peter in North Carolina is listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Peter? Hey, guys. Pete? couple things. First off with San Francisco. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Okay. First thing with San Francisco, the real difference with them is they got fantastic lineman, linebackers. That group is even the second and third straight. They're all good. But getting back to the commanders, I'm starting to like that name. The thing about it is it still comes down for me, the offensive line. How well we run block and how well we pass block. If we can just keep that down for, I think he had five sacks or four sacks the last game. If there's only one or two sacks and they're, they're, they're holding up the pressure, I think we got a chance to score more than, you know, 20 points. But I think Heineke's about to have a breakout game. This would be the perfect game for that. And one, one more final thing. If Chase Young does come back, Pete and Chris, where would you put him in? And what down and distance would you think the best thing for him to be put in? Because I think that's critical yep. that they figure that out. Yeah, if he comes I, back, I, and I'm not convinced that he is coming back, uh, based on the tone of Jack Del Rio yesterday and even Chase, and appreciate it, uh, as always, Pete. Um, Pete, I... I I would say he plays, again, no more than 10 snaps, and I wouldn't put him in unless it was third and third and eight plus. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want him in situations where he could get cut block or anything right now because it clearly the whole thing of late has been the mental part of it, running around with that big brace. I mean, some of the video you saw where he was wearing – I mean, he was wearing a huge brace – he wasn't wearing the typical lineman brace. He was wearing a gigantic brace out there. So this is probably as much mental as it is physical for him right now. So That's you what they believe, too. You don't want offensive tackles and guards jumping at his legs. You don't want a running back. The only thing is, if he does come in in pass rushing situations, Barkley or any other running back back there might try to chop him. Yep. So he's going to have to I was just going to say, be how do you avoid for that? that? How, how do you, you prepare for that? And how do you play with the... Speed and intensity that 
you have to play with without being cognizant of a guy trying to chop you. Can you see it better in a pass rush on an island in space as opposed to in you see, know, think, defending the run? Right. I think you can. But I think the, I think the part of it is, though, you, you end up hesitating. Yeah. And hesitating yeah. because you don't know if that guy's going to cut you or right. not. That's the time. That could cost you enough time to get to the quarterback. But if you're trying to seal the edge against the run – there's a lot of trash around your feet, oh, your yeah, ankle, all the time. your knees, all, you the know, time. all that stuff, right? All the time. You got more, a wide receiver. More trash. You got a wide receiver that's coming down yeah. the line, you know, horizontally sometimes that wants to yeah. block you and things like that. I mean, maybe you can fan him out like kind of a wide nine alignment and just get him one-on-one one with a tackle It's a fantastic space. challenge for Ron and his staff how to utilize a guy yeah. that is coming back from an injury of that caliber. Um, so, I mean, and you're just hoping for the young man that, yep. you know, he, he can play the game the way he wants to play. Line six, Cliff in D.C. has the last word. What's up, Cliff? Commander Pete, Commander Chris. Um, I don't know if I would bring Chase Young back in this situation because there's only four games left. Let the man heal during the offseason. Let him come back fresh from training camp. That way I know he's 150% healed. Um, if we go spy Daniel Jones, I would like them to see in certain situations, I'd like to see them to put um, rookie Percy Butler in there as a spy since Percy Butler has the speed to possibly get around that corner. Because I don't think nobody for the Giants going to be paying attention to that guy out there on that edge when the defensive lineman is going to be out there trying to get the quarterback. Percy Butler may make a few plays, and the Eagles already um, showed the blueprint of how beating the Giants. Run the ball and throw at opportunities. And when we're down near goal line situation, especially from the five-yard line to the goal line, 90% run ratio compared to 10% ratio. And I sit back and listen. Cliff, appreciate it. And look, here's the thing. If, unfortunately, you can't execute better in the passing game down there, you got to run it better. That's the only alternative. So the offensive line's got to run it better. They've got to execute against this New York defense. And, and I'm with you. I think, you know, I, I think, again, this secondary can be had all across the board. Philadelphia exposed that last mm-hmm. week. But, again, it was exposed because they set it up running the football very effectively against the Giants. So when you're a team that has the ability to do both, it would be easier for Heineke if they can run the ball. It'll be much easier for Taylor to find open guys. Because, I mean, by by just attrition on the roster, the Giants are not that strong uh, in the secondary and can be picked on. But you have to run the football first so those linemen up front have to acknowledge the run and can't just tee off on your quarterback because even they got to a very mobile and willing runner in Hurts last week. Hurts will run when he has to escape being sacked. And even they got to him last week. So that is, that's how you get that pass rush to back off by running it effectively. That's why that has to be job number one on offense. Cliff, appreciate the call. Appreciate everybody today. You guys were fantastic as always. Even Jensen in Columbia, man. Everybody's got to have a fan. And as I told you, no one's been more fair to Dan Snyder in this town than I have. So you're right. In the now, this team is winning. That's all that matters. And Dan is the guy that signs the paychecks right now. So even Jensen in Columbia was right on that regard. Mike Mayock joins us next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, good to have you with us right here, Russell of Medhurst. We continue along on a Friday with you until noon. Doc Walker, Burgundy and Gold today, along with Scotty Jacks. Coming up next at noon. But, Pete, we've got a big one, as we've been talking about all week, baby. Commanders, Giants, Westwood, one in town for the Sunday night primetime matchup. And that, of course, means the opportunity to talk to Mike Mayock, who will be on the call Sunday night for Westwood, one. Mike, Pete, and Chris here in D.C. Appreciate a few minutes this morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good and, and pretty fired up for this Sunday night game. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're fired up to, uh, gonna, that, that you're fired up, and we're fired up to have you, Mike. And Mike, any, any time right now, this time of year, you get two teams that are playing for a playoff spot and are not sitting there at 5-8. and eight. It's much easier uh, to get prepared and get into uh, these football games, especially two division rivals two weeks ago. Mike, they, they played a 2020 tie, and... The same dynamic exists for the Giants, which is interesting coming into this game. The Cowboys had really gotten the best of them the week before the Washington game. They came back and played with a lot of guts uh, in that game, had a late lead until Taylor Heineke you know, pulled off one of those miracle plays to get Washington into a tie. Well, the same scenario happened again. They get rolled by the Eagles, and everybody thinks, all right, well, this is going to be an easy spot for Washington. Your thoughts on the Giants – as they got out to that seven and three start, and everybody's praising, and I and rightfully so. I love Brian Dable. Is this a Giants team that's fading, or do they have the wherewithal to stop this bleeding here late in the season and, and stay in this playoff race? Well, I, I really do believe it's kind of their somebody's last stand, right? And um, all the momentum should be with Washington this week. Let's face it; you know they they, they had a bye week last week, and during the bye week. And during the bye week, the Giants lose, Seattle loses, Seattle loses again last night. Uh, it gives Washington an opportunity to get healthy. And also from a game plan perspective, not only are you playing the same team with a bye in between, but you probably have an opportunity with your coaching staff to get out ahead of it a little bit and start getting ready for San Francisco and Cleveland. So I think everything's going their way. They're five, one and one in their last seven. Uh, the Giants are one four and one in their last six. Um, I have a hard time, and I and I know you're going to get the Giants' best. There's no doubt in my mind. Whatever they've got left, Washington's going to get it. But from my perspective, if Washington comes out there, takes care of business, gets after those New York Giant corners a little bit, not afraid to throw the ball and get after them, protect their quarterback. There's no way in the world. I, I really believe Washington should win the football game. Uh, I think that's how most people feel, Mike. But, of course, that's you know why they play the game. And, and it leads me into the Taylor Heineke question or the obligatory Taylor Heineke question. You, as a longtime evaluator uh, and former GM of the, uh, of the Raiders, obviously, um, 
you know, we all know the Taylor Heineke story. It's amazing, right? Undrafted ODU on his sister's couch, starting quarterback. He's won, but have they won because of him in your eyes? And is he a starting quarterback, no questions asked in your mind? So the way I always look at quarterbacks in the NFL is there's a couple different tranches. Like, you know, they're, you know, group number one are the true franchise quarterbacks, Mahomes, Brady, Josh Allen, you know, um, at, uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's probably six or seven of those at the end of the day. And you win Super Bowls because of those guys. The second group is just as important. And there's probably another four, five, six of those guys where you can win a Super Bowl with those guys if you surround them with enough talent. And I don't think anybody's going to sit here and tell you that Taylor Heineke is going to be in that first group of guys. Okay. But that second group of guys, which, you know, call it anywhere seven to 12 or whatever you want to call it. There's some really talented quarterbacks around the league in that group. Um, And you can win Super Bowls with those guys. You just have to surround them with some talent. And what I would tell you is the jury's still out right now. He's five, one and one. These last four games are critical. Um, I, I really believe he's got to help drive them to a playoff game, and, and they've got to compete in the playoffs. And, you know, so, and then beyond that, let's assume they find a way to re-sign him. Um, how do you surround him like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts to get a chance to put your best foot forward? I love the, the wide receivers. I think they're coming along as a group. The running game is getting better. Um, my belief is that that offensive line has got to be upgraded and retooled and to give Heineke the best chance to win a Super Bowl, if possible, I think that's what has to happen on offense. Mike, the franchise style guy, I think we are finding is, is further and further away and even more unique these days to find that unique talent. This has obviously been, you know, your deal for years. I mean, you've been immersed in the tape for years doing this. How do we, what are we looking for based on what we're watching on the college level? Because, again, we're seeing in the short term Brock Purdy, who did a lot of good things at Iowa State. I mean, a lot of good things. Accurate. uh, You know, went into tough environments and got great wins uh, in the Big 12, yet people look up on the surface and go, oh, this is Mr. Irrelevant. This is the last guy chosen in the draft. Yet Kyle Shanahan, who we know is as good as anybody at preparing uh, player development and game planning, has him looking like a very serviceable quarterback right away upon insertion into the lineup. As you evaluate that position, and based on what we're seeing on the college level, what does this next level of quarterbacks uh, look like and are there is there any right to expect any of these guys uh, to be elite? Because that number of those guys, as you see, Mike, is dwindling in the league. Yeah, I don't know if it's dwindling. Uh, I'm pretty excited about some of the young guys. I mean, you start taking a look at the guy in Cincinnati and the guy in Kansas City and the guy in Buffalo and the guy in Philadelphia, and, you, you, you know, there are a bunch of different styles just with that group that off the top of my head. Um, I think what's important for all of us is to kind of take a step back and say, what are the colleges giving the NFL this day? What are they producing as far as quarterbacks? And you were getting a lot of athletic guys that come out of the spread offenses, and that goes contrary to what the NFL historically stood for. I think NFL coaches are getting better and better 
at taking what the guy does well. Look at Justin Fields right now, another exciting young player. You know, last year they, they kind of had the – they kind of wouldn't let him do a whole lot. Now he's using his athletic ability. I, I think the bottom line, that's a long way of saying that we're getting a lot of athletic kids out there that can throw the football – but it's a different style of play. And I think NFL coaches are doing a better job of putting the young guys in position to win. But if there's one thing you're looking for, I think it's can this athletic kid that we're getting out of the college ranks win inside the pocket, even Lamar Jackson, who's as dynamic a a running quarterback as there ever, ever been. The question was, can he win in the pocket ultimately? And I think the Ravens went all in on him and I don't blame them. And I do believe he can win from inside the pocket. That's what they asked about Jalen Hurts this year. He's done an unbelievable job. And I think Sirianni's done an unbelievable job of putting him in that position. But I think NFL coaches have to be more open to doing and, and trying to help the quarterback does what he, he does best. And I think Shanahan's outstanding at it. Mike Mayock with us, Westwood One, of course, former Raider general manager and as well NFL Network uh, analyst and just does it all uh, and has, has done it all and, and always one of my favorite analysts. I can tell you that. We're uh, very happy to have him here with us on the Team 980 as he gets set to call the Giants and the Commanders Sunday night football on Westwood One from FedEx Field. Um, Mike, when, when you <laughs> – last year, as you know, <laughs> you lived it, was pretty chaotic with the Vegas Raiders and you guys made the playoffs and so on and so forth and then everything happened. But you had to deal with a lot of things off the field. When you look at what Ron Rivera has had to deal with in his two and a half, two and three quarters years here, and now this year to be seven, five, and one, you know, maybe on the precipice of a second playoff spot in three years, do you shake your head and go, "How the bleep is he doing it?" Or do you say that's Ron? I, I say much respect to Ron, and I would add with that that um, what I kind of knew going into taking the Raiders' job, and what I know very much now uh, having watched the NFL work is that Ron Rivera has got a partner there in Martin Mayhew. And without that partnership working at a high level, it, it can't work in the building. And I think they're doing a heck of a job. Both of them. Uh, Marty Herney is another talent evaluator that's worked hard with Ron over the years. Um, so from an organizational standpoint, with all the crap going on around them, I give them so much comp, uh, so much respect and have respect for them uh, just because I think they've done a great job of saying we can only control what we can control. Let's get some good football players in here, our kind of players. Let's build around either Wentz or Heineke, depending on what the plan was on the way in. But I really believe Rivera and Mayhew have had a consistent philosophy. And trust me, players understand in the building whether or not you're all over the place without a consistent philosophy. And um, I take my hat off to Ron and Martin. Mike, when you look at their skill people right now, uh, for years this team lacks speed offensively. Right now they seem to have certainly a trio at wide receiver. They have two running backs that look more than serviceable uh, at this game right now. When you examine uh, their skill people, what do you see, and are you as excited about them as seemingly all of us within the fan base and, the t- and that watch this team are about that group? I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin, I mean, just to kind of, I think th- I would separate him from everybody. He's special. He's different. 
we had him at the Senior Bowl um, back in 2019, and I was impressed as much with the kid as I was with the talent and the ability. He's special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and get Curtis Samuel, who missed most of last season as a free agent, and you know he's kind of the joker. He can play inside, outside. He can play running back. You can use him in a variety of ways, and I think they've gotten more creative with Scott Turner in different ways to get him the football. And Dotson, first-round pick, a highly athletic, explosive kid from Penn State, um, I think he's starting to come on, you know, coming off some injury stuff. Um, but when you pair the three of them together, they're, they're, there's an explosive skill set. Um, I think you, pro- you, know, you, you probably are looking at what can you do at the tight end position to get a little more dynamic. Um, and I like Brian Robinson for his toughness. and his I love it, his toughness. I think if Antonio Gibson takes care of the football, he's got a little different explosion. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on their skill guys. I, I just feel like from an offensive line perspective, that's where they got to get better. they got to get younger. they got to get more talented, more athletic, more dynamic with their offensive line. Mike, you just mentioned the business of the NFL and seeing it from all sides. And, uh, you know, again, part of that is contract negotiation and free agency and planning. So I'll ask it to you this in a nice bow. Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke are both free agent quarterbacks. If you could choose just one, A, which one it would be, and B, give me a ballpark of what you think they might be worth on an annual basis in free agency. A good thing you're not going to put me on the spot, huh? <laughs> Mike, we, Mike, this is the first time we've been able to have you. I, I love listening to you talk, so I had to come up with something to put you in an awkward spot. Well, you did. Thank you. Um, but let's start with what the franchise number is, okay? If, you want, if for either one of them had to franchise a quarterback next year, it would be plus or minus $31 million. Mm. Uh, if you look at Washington right now, I believe, and I haven't looked at this recently, but I believe Carson Wentz has an out in his contract, even he though he's not a free agent next year. I think you can get out of his deal after this season with no no cap hit. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Twenty yeah. twenty six so, million is his cap number, but there's no dead money. Yeah, there there's no guaranteed money left after this year, so you can get out of that contract. So effectively, if you're Washington, you can look at that and saying, I got $26 million to play with at that position. Okay? Um, point number one. As far as the Giants are concerned, um, I really take my hat off to Daniel Jones and, and Brian Dable and what they've done to solidify that program. All of a sudden, you know, the NFC East looks a whole lot different than it did a year or two ago. Um, and Daniel Jones has cut all the way back on his turnovers. I think he's got – seven total on the year, like four picks and three lost fumbles. Um, He's got no dynamic players on the entire offense, unless you put Saquon Barkley in that category, but he's got nobody outside to throw the football to with, with any dynamic capability. Um, There are interior offensive lines, not real good. I think he's held them together this year. I really, by not turning the ball over, getting games into the fourth quarter and playing well enough to win on defense, uh, to, to a certain extent, I think Daniel Brown's really done a hell of a job there. Um, I, I probably like Daniel Brown just a little bit more. I feel like he's gone through all those different coordinators and might have a little bit more upside. Uh, but I like them both because I think they're both winners. Mike, uh, obviously, too, I mean, let, let's face it, the, the pressure of 
playoff situation. And, you know, let's face it, neither one of these franchises specialize in this uh, on a regular basis. Uh, this one of those cases, too, where, you know, this is a player's game and players step up in crunch time and some don't. The moment uh, gets too big for them. How much do you think that plays into this thing in prime time coming up on Sunday night? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. You, you don't you don't ever want a player to kind of get outside of his job. Just concentrate on your job, whether it's week two, week 10 or, or the playoffs. Um, and you're right. Sometimes players think they have to do more than they're physically capable of to win a, quote, big game. Um, Again, I I look at this as Washington having an advantage, uh, but, you know, who's going to turn the ball over? Who's going to block a punt? Uh, Different thing, you know, who's going to have an inopportune penalty? Look at the game a couple of weeks ago. The the frickin' center from the Giants, Feliciano, Mm -hmm. you know, in the fourth quarter with the taunting penalty. Whether or not you agree with it, you can't let that happen, mm-hmm. right? And so things like that that happen in big games get magnified. And sometimes it's not about who makes the big play, but who makes the big mistake. Mike, last thing, uh, and we really appreciate your time. Are, are the Eagles the clear team in your mind in the NFC or with what we've seen out of San Francisco holding it together and all their pieces are are and Minnesota even maybe uh, and Dallas. I mean, I keep keep forgetting about teams. I keep adding teams to the list. Uh, right. How do you how do you see that group being separated? Well, first of all, I think yeah, I I, I grew up and still live in Philly, uh, and I know that program pretty well. And I give Howie Roseman a ton of credit for what he's done there. Um, they're twelve and one. I saw a stat the other day that kind of blew me away, and I think it and. It might not go 100% this way, but it was something like nine or ten teams in the last X amount of years started the season 12-1. and one. Out of that group of people, how many won a Super Bowl? And I think only one team has won the Super Bowl that started at 12-1. and one. So it shows you that even if you're dominant in the regular season, how good you got to be all the way through to the end, right? So I do think that the Eagles are the class of this group right now. In, but, you know, if you put San Francisco and Philly on the field uh, in the NFC championship game, I think that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mike, appreciate you being so gracious with your time. Safe travels here to D.C. and enjoy the game on Sunday night. Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, got Mike. It. Mike Mayock, he's simply one of the best, especially as it comes to evaluating uh, talent out there. Did it so so good for so long mm. for NFL Network and, of course, uh Dabbled in there with the uh, Raiders and with John Gruden there uh, for a, few, a couple of years, and uh, obviously, as he he knows, he's he's one of the few guys that know. It was a great question you asked him about um, experiencing what Ron is experiencing because yeah. he and John Gruden experienced that. I mean, he went through more than Gruden last year. I mean, think yeah. about what happened after Gruden left. I know. I mean, you I know, know. Uh, with rugs and 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 Arnett and and, and injuries and so many, oh. so many distractions that derailed what they had, and yet uh, you know you saw a Raiders team that persevered through it. I mean, Derek Derek Carr still led them uh, to the playoffs yep. last year, and that's where we talk about how it's still a player's game, and players can make a difference. And as we asked Mike in the, the latter part of that, you know, this is where. As much as Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones want to prove to their current coaches and situations that they're the leader going forward for this team, they both have to stay within themselves this week. 
because the critical mistake, as Mike talked about, when you try to play outside of your personality, could be a crusher for them. Dumb Dumb of the Day is five minutes away. Right now, Chris tells us what's trending. Here's what's trending on the Team 980. All right, the commanders on the practice field as they get ready and tune up for the New York Giants Sunday night football, as we just talked about with Mike Mayock. He will be on the call of Westwood One. If you missed that, hit the Odyssey Rewind features. Great spot. Uh, His thoughts on Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, Ron Rivera, Mark Mayhew, and much, much more. Meanwhile, sad news from college basketball. Uh, Georgetown Hoyas assistant coach, uh, Lewis Orr, who had actually been taken off the road before the year uh, on Patrick Ewing's staff, but he had been with Georgetown since June of 2017, has passed away. According to John Rothstein and other media reports, the former head coach uh, at Siena, Seton Hall, and Bowling Green also played at Syracuse, Lewis Orr, passing away. Uh, A sad day and sad news for Georgetown University. And that's what's trending. Coming up next, Burgundy and Gold today, led by Rick, Doc Walker, and Scott Jackson. They'll be taking your calls on the Commanders and the Gigantes. Coming up Sunday night, I'll be there. How long, I don't know. Here's what I want. I want Washington to blow them out so I can get out before all the traffic leaves. That would be a perfect scenario for me on Sunday night. You thinking 49 nothing Commanders? I'm looking 1966 style. 72-41 in favor of Washington. And if that happens, we'll be calling the Giants. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Menders. Alrighty, back to Florida we go. A nice, wholesome family of four. Never disappoints. Yes. Man named Evan Edwards, wife, Mary Jane, two kids, Josh and daughter Joy. Nice, happy family. Except (laughs) there was a problem. Uh Uh-oh. What was the problem? Well, Evan Edwards, you see, the father, was a pastor in Florida. His son, Josh, 30 years old. They were arrested the other day. Hallelujah. Taken into custody. Praise the Lord. After an NBC News report raised questions on why they hadn't been charged in an alleged more than $8 million federal COVID relief fund scam. Praise Jesus. In which they tried to use some of that money to buy a luxury home near Walt Disney World. So the case dates back to April of 2020. Josh Edwards applying the pastor for a $6 million 
Paycheck Protection Program to cover payroll, rent, and utilities for the family ministry. The loan application. Six million dollars. Yes. In the loan Jeez. application, he claimed that the organization Aslan, A-S-L-A-N, International Ministry had 486 employees and a monthly payroll of $2.7 million. They were approved for an $8.4 million loan. However, there was just one problem. When federal investigators smelled something fishy, they showed up at the ministry's office in Orlando, and the door was locked. (laughs) And workers at the neighboring business told them, you see, there's this little problem. We've never seen anybody inside. Apparently, after reviewing the ministry's website, they found that the donation links to the ministry were inactive. Sections of text were apparently lifted from other religious sites. And there were other red flags, such as the man who was listed on the loans application as the ministry's accountant. Well... He suffered from dementia and hadn't done any work for the organization since 2017. Lord have mercy. Lord have something. So for that lovely Florida family, headlined by father and son, pastor and pastor's son, Evan Edwards and Josh Edwards, yeah! Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Look, I told you, man, when these PPE loans came out, you had a bunch of people doing some dumb things. You had individuals that were creating, like, LLCs to become their own business. I mean, as an independent contractor, I could have got them, Chris. I didn't even apply for them. I mean, why why get involved in that stuff? Because you know why? Because of jackasses like that, okay? Jackasses like that who use the money... For the wrong reasons. Wrong reasons, my friend. And that's why that's why you don't get involved in that kind of stuff. 468 employees? Mercy me. Apparently there were none. Of course there weren't. There never is. There never is. You know? They could hire Matty, though. He's available. He'd like to work for them. If they're going to pay him a million dollars. Just like that. It's going to do it for he us. Might, he might be uh, going to work for Kevin Sheehan. Uh, could be. Everybody wants to work with Kevin Sheehan. You know, except my guys, Doc and Scott, because they have their own show coming up next with Burgundy and Gold today. Happy birthday to the best softball third baseman in North America, my girl, Maddie Roller, who turns 13 today. For Chris, for Matt, I'm Pete. We will talk to you Monday. Hopefully a victory Monday for the Commanders as they take on the Giants on Sunday night. Right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.